Connor. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. And good morning to all you lovely listeners at home to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle, David. Fixing! That's right, that's right. Actually, you got ahead of me there because I said the podcast, technically we're talking about the miniseries, but geez. All right. <laughs> My bad. How you doing, <laughs> I'm doing all right, Connor. How you doing? I am doing all right, all things considered. It is a day. Um, I actually learned that I was going through all our pre-recorded episodes before this as in preparing for this new slate of releases and realized that I had episodes coming out on the wrong days. So I had to go and rearrange them, but it's all good now. That's probably the most exciting thing that's happened in the past three days. Anyways, um, so how's the, how's the weather up there, man? Uh, not as hot as it has been. Um saying 73 isn't hot is something that i didn't think i'd be saying um yeah <laughs> that's, not too bad. that's pretty solid yeah how's the weather down there uh it's, it's fine too um it's been hot but like it's only been hot for like peak hours of the day like for the most part it's been pretty relaxed i don't know why you're having heat strokes in your room i think maybe your air conditioning is cringe but yeah i don't know yeah your air conditioning makes me sad anyways um <laughs> You want to kick this one off since uh, this is um, this was my suggestion. <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. Um, so you know us, big fans of uh, Richie Link's Richard Linklater, um, and Connor has decided uh, to watch his his newest film, uh, Apollo Ten and a Half. Um, this film well, is. Can't the subtitle Apollo Ten and a Half: A Space Age Childhood. That's that's true. It's, it's, like, leaving out, it's like leaving out uh, Multiverse of Madness in the new Doctor Strange or 2001 that, and not including a space odyssey. That, okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, Richard Linklater's new movie, Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. Um, this, this, this film is a... Uh, it's sort of a, a, a period piece kind of movie um, that really kind of just encapsulates the uh, the life and times and culture uh, around um, the two years, uh, 1968 and 1969, and uh, all the hype that uh, was around uh, kind of like the, the space race and uh, the, the race to the moon, um, kind of. Um, this, this, this movie, it... How, how it compares to other Richard Linklater movies, um, I'm sure we'll get into that later, um, but I, I think it definitely uh, has, has that feel. Um, Connor, uh, some of your initial thoughts on this movie? So, you know how in movies, when you get your first introduced to a character, and they're like, let me tell you about me, and you get like the little, uh, the little dialogue thing about their past and stuff? Yeah. Imagine that but an entire movie, and that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mind it. It was cute. Um, but I feel like Richard Linklater, when he was a kid, was like... Mo- oh, you know, actually, no, to better describe it, you, you, I feel like when when he's with his director buddies, they're always pressuring him. They're like, why don't, you, why don't you make your movie have a plot, you know? Like, why don't you make it have, like, a story, you know? Like, that's what all the cool kids are doing. And then he exclaimed, troll style, because plots killed my grandma. <laughs> I feel like that is exactly what has happened to poor Linklater because holy crap, this dude hates plots. Like every movie he ever does has no plot every time. Like the only exception I think is like School of Rock is that I've seen. Everything else is like, hey, let's make sure this movie has absolutely no plot and it's literally just character. 
which is fine. Except here, because I, you know, obviously I like Richard Linklater. Like I love the Before trilogy. I really liked, um, really liked School of Rock. But like here, I almost feel like it is just that. Like unlike with the other movies where they add more, it's literally just no plot. Like the 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 crux of it is just that it's just kind of sixties stuff happening. Really, the only plot stuff I guess is the this kind of. Uh, interlude thing that they put in the movie where essentially he goes this kid gets selected for a space mission and unless this is link ladder revealing that when he was a kid he was selected for an apollo mission secretly and this is all like a confessional i don't see why this was needed in fact i feel like they added this because they didn't have a gimmick he was like i want to make a movie about the 60s about my childhood and they're like okay great richard but what's the plot and he goes oh right uh let's uh so i'll have it so the kid is uh is selected to be on a space mission that nobody can know about. Like, it feels so tagged on. Um, which, and granted, it's like, it obviously, <clears throat> was obviously supposed to be in his head, so, like, I get it. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's very, uh, it's very tagged on to almost to the point I feel like it was added as a, uh, a gimmick to make the movie more memorable, or more different than it is. Because without it, it's just a, essentially a 60s autobiography. <laughs> where he's like, here was what it was like in the 60s. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I thought the, uh, whole, um, like the, the kid, um, you know, going, going to space, um, would, would have a, a a bigger role in in the movie than it does. Um, he obviously didn't go to space. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, it, it's kind of just like his imagination, um, and put and putting himself, um, in, in the shoes of, uh, you know, being an, an Apollo astronaut, right? I mean, like, it's funny because like I've seen tactics like this used before, uh, most notably in Pan's Labyrinth, right? Pan's Labyrinth is about a girl who's going through a rough time, so she starts imagining that there's this dark fantasy world behind behind it all that can kind of make her escape hell even alice in wonderland's like that that being said the reason they usually have this this uh fantasy is because you know life sucks that's kind of the point right but like to me like the movies hyping up the 60s and then being like okay here's my fantasy of escaping the 60s i'm kind of like or being more involved in the 60s i guess to me it doesn't really scream an interesting conflict right so like it, it, there is, i mean that's that's not even like there is no conflict in this movie it's just kind of stuff happening right I get that's the yeah. point, but like to me, that doesn't scream like dire necessity of telling the story. So I imagine for people who didn't really care about this stuff in the '60s, this is probably like insufferably boring to them. <laughs> did uh, did Richard Linklater like? Did he was he like uh, raised in the? Oh yeah, so that's 60? the thing, right? I, I tried to research it and try to figure out a little bit about this. Uh, I can't figure out how many siblings Richard Linklater had, but I know he has at least two older sisters, so that checks out. Um, but he was raised in Texas and he was born in 61, I think. So okay. I, I think that, I think this is supposed to be about him. He's, he's actually, uh, older than I thought. I don't, I don't know. I thought he was or he's born like 60, one of those... Sorry. He's born in 60, but he is 61 years old. That's what threw me off. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was like an eighties kid. He gave me kind of that, that eighties oh, kid. Oh yeah. Kind of you to like, you know, uh, you, you watched everybody get some, right? Or no, not everybody gets some. What's it called? Every- some ah, what's that movie called? Everybody, everybody wants some. Everybody wants some. There you go. That was close. Yeah. So and that kind of screams eighties to me. 
Yeah. Um, and then he did, uh, he did, um, Dazed and Confused, which is totally like that as well. Um, yeah. Just kind of like, here, this is an expose at what high school was like in the 80s. Um, very Linklattery thing to do. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, this is definitely, I think, I think the 80s part was more he grew up in the 80s. Like, he was, he, his adulthood was the 80s. So like, Yeah, his, his, his young adulthood was, was in the 80s, 90s kind of thing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but the 60s was his kidhood, I guess. He was nine when uh, the Apollo went um, and uh, the kid was in uh, fourth grade uh, during the, the movie. Yeah, admittedly, right. I, I kind of I was under the impression that the kid was ten and a half in the movie because you know Paul's <laughs> ten and a half, which I guess <laughs> not, but because like he's like the only sibling born in the '60s, and you know the rocket that Apollo Eleven went up in 1969. So like clearly he, he's not ten and a half. Yeah, he, he was couldn't be, be ten and a half. Yeah, he'd be born in the '50s then, but like. Still, kind of like it was in the title. Like, don't lie to me, man. <laughs> I mean, Apollo it, ten it and a half. It only dawned on me while I was watching the movie that ten and a half comes right before eleven, and eleven was the one with Neil Armstrong. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like now I understand why it's called ten and a half. I just thought they called it ten and a half because he was ten and a half. <laughs> he simply just must be ten and a half years old. That, that, just like just all makes... the people on Apollo eleven were eleven years old. Like, come on, Connor. <laughs> exactly it just makes sense it just makes sense obviously man obviously um i want to talk real quick about jack black of all things because i was kind of shocked weirdly jack black does not do himself he does not play himself in terms of the voice acting here he actually does do a voice and unless if if uh i i would have known it's jack black but like i feel like he doesn't he doesn't attempt to make it sound like it's not jack black which i did kind of respect because, like, you know, he tends to play himself really loud. So I was like, you know what? I, I wanted to point that out. Like, dang, he went and actually voice acted. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. He actually has more range than just, like, screaming stuff. Yeah, screaming <laughs> and Poe stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that being said, I, I don't think there's a ton to say about the acting, though. Because, one, it, actually, no. What's more important, before you get to the acting, we should talk about the animation. Because I feel like the the reason there's not a lot to talk about with the like the acting is because the animation is is what it is like the mocap rotoscope kind of thing. Uh, yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, th- I, yeah, I thought it was uh, super unique. Um, you don't really see that too much, um, especially for like a feature length film. Like like that's the entire movie mm-hmm. uh, that sort of style of animation. Um, I. I, I like I said I, I liked it. Um, now, did it really like add anything? Like, could this movie have just been in live action, or like, could it have just been in a different like like a CGI kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it it could have worked in either uh, mediums. Um, I, I I don't think this animation style in general necessarily like adds much to the actual film um but but i don't know i I just think it's cool to look at um you don't really like i said you don't really see it too much um in a a feature length film setting so um i mean yeah kind of what do you think and richard he's done animation like this before like richard his animation style is this like he did two other movies of this um but i haven't seen anybody else do it this is like strictly him um and like I don't, I don't mind it, 
like I said, it doesn't look bad for sure. And I, I, I do agree with you. There's really no reason for this to be animated. The closest thing I can get to to rationalize it is that maybe it kind of looks like a comic book, but obviously it's not meant to be like a comic book at all. So, like, it's, I don't think that's the reason. But, like, it really was no major rationale for this being animated, but it doesn't detract anything. There are a couple shots that are a little weird because they don't fully draw in the faces. And when it gets really movement heavy, it starts to get a little awkward looking because they really blur it up. So, like, you know, the characters get really blurry when they move. So it's just kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind it. I think Richard, Richie, Richie L. kind of has a very distinct vision for his movies because since there's no plot, he really makes sure that like, the writing and, like, the filmmaking shines. So, like, I don't... I don't think this was a detracting factor. Like, people always rag on Boyhood for having that one gimmick of it being over the course of a long period of time. So, like, that, people think that kind of detracts from a movie. I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to have an opinion on that. But, like, with this, the gimmick doesn't detract anything. It's not bad. It's just kind of weird, you know? Like, yeah. It, if, I, I, feel I, like, agree. I feel like, too, if, if this was a live action, I feel like it would, be, it would seem more generic. That's, I think that's another problem would be, like, without it, You'd just be like, oh, it's a 60s movie. Like, that, there's 20 million of those. So, like, I feel like with the animation, it makes it stand out a little, you know? Yeah. That being yeah. said, not a lot of people have seen this movie, so I guess it didn't work that much. Um, like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of, it kind of, like, flew under the radar. Like, I, I actually kind of forgot this movie even existed until you, like, brought it up. Right. Like, the only reason I remembered it existed was because I saw this Richard Linklater movie, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's that's on Netflix. That's ready, readily available. Like, we can go watch that now. <laughs> that was really about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, um, do you remember, I know this is, like, extremely, extremely off topic, but do you remember Inhumans? What about Inhumans? The, the... Like, I, I forgot it existed like, my dad, like, brought it up yesterday. Like... <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up now, but, like, I don't know. I, I just I just kind of forgot about it. Um, I mean, it's not very good, so I understand. Have you seen it? The show, yeah. Uh, it's not very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that got to play Karnak was good. The guy that got to play is, Bolt was good. Um, is it on... Is it on... I think it's, on Disney, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Um, is it? I think so. But yeah, like it's supposed, it was supposed to be canon, but it did really bad, so like nobody cared. But the first two episodes came out in theaters, of all things. Um, and it was an IMAX, and me and my family went to go see it, and it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so know. like, were the episodes like feature length? So the episodes were like, you know, I think they were maybe an hour long, like 45 minutes maybe. So you put them together, it was basically an hour and a half. Huh. Interesting. But anyways, back to back yeah, anyways, to Apollo back, ten and a half. Back, yeah, back back to being on. I mean, there's some space connection there, so like you're not too crazy. Um, <laughs> they, they they start out on the moon, so actually you're you're not too far off. Um, the moon's kind of a big part of that show. Anyways, um, yeah, Apollo ten and a half. Um, something else I kind of want to note. Um, the movie's approach to history in terms of like the '60s is actually not bad. I here's the thing, right? I have seen plenty of 60s retrospective movies, right? And I think this movie's approach to that, where it's kind of like, as a kid, who cared about the serious stuff? And they kind of talked about more of the fun type stuff, I think was probably the best approach they could have taken. Like, I don't need another lecture on why Vietnam sucked. I've had 20 jillion of those. 
I don't need another lecture on like the, the all the problems of the time. And of course, a kid doesn't care about that stuff. So I think the way they addressed it, they kind of brought it up and was like, hey, I was a kid, I don't care. I kind of liked that. And I think gave the movie a very much like, here's a kid telling his story approach, which I liked. I think they did a really good job approaching that. That being said, there are a couple points where like he goes into some really deep psychoanalysis on the times where I'm like, no kid was thinking this. <laughs> like, there, especially near the beginning, there's like a lot of like detail talking about like why the 60s were, were why they were. And I'm like, dude, like I know you're supposed to be an adult now, but no kid was thinking this. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, there, Richard Linklater does kind of tend to overwrite sometimes. Like, I've noticed, even in the Before trilogy, which I adore, there are points where I'm like, dude, you could have simplified this down to, like, one sentence rather than, like, five, five whole minutes of talking. But, <laughs> like, I think with this movie, that's kind of more egregious, I guess, than in Before trilogy. But, yeah, like, that's the vibe I kind of got sometimes. Um, where, like, after a while, I'm like, Jack, 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 I love you, but you need to stop talking for a second. <laughs> like, chill. <laughs> you don't need to talk about this in detail. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> uh, back back on the kind of the 60s thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like, for the most part, this movie is literally just about, like, these two years um, and, and, and the culture uh, that surrounded it. Um, I, I I think that it, it's handled in in a way that like if if you grew up during this time, you could appreciate this. Also, I mean, if you didn't, it's 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 a good movie to to learn about said culture. Um, since it's such like a like a niche like small part in history, I guess. Um, I mean, we we all know about you know Apollo Eleven and someone uh, a man walking on the moon and uh, just just the hype surrounding that. But um, I I feel like a lot of people, especially like a lot of younger people, um, aren't fully aware of just like the culture um, that kind of just surrounded uh, that, that that whole thing and how how it was like an event. You know, like people would gather around their TVs to, to watch the, uh, you know, the, the moon landing happen and, and the liftoff and how they, they'd count down uh, to liftoff. And uh, I don't know, it just, it just seemed all really cool, you know? It's like, dang, like imagine if like I lived during that time period, um, how, how, how I would think, you know, how, how, would, how that would affect my life. Um, since it seemed to be such a big part of of everyone's life, you can't really escape it. Um, and I don't know. I just think that's kind of kind of kind of interesting, kind of cool. Right. I think something else I appreciate too uh, on that topic, like you know, a lot of '60s stuff, they bring up the same kind of big things, right? They'll talk about the Beatles. They'll talk about you know um, Martin Luther King, um, his assassination. They'll talk about Vietnam a lot. They talk about hippies and drugs a lot talk about like the peace movement there's a lot of stuff that Ken's brought up very commonly in 60s stuff i like that this movie doesn't really focus on that a lot of the stuff that they focus big on were like really small scale stuff like they bring up random movies like random 60s movies that nobody's heard of they bring up like different tv shows they bring up like the the jello craze which has barely ever been talked about <laughs> I, I, I knew it was a thing but nobody ever went into detail about it but like 
Um, this movie kind of deals with very small scale sixties stuff that would be important to a kid, and I really appreciate that. Like, it gave the movie a very distinct vibe of, like, this was a very nostalgic look back um, at, like, the 60s culture without it feeling like a very generic history report. Like, that could have been a really easy pitfall. Especially because how important a lot of stuff in the 60s were, right? Like, obviously, you're gonna bring up Vietnam because that was, like, a huge thing. And, like, it almost feels like, especially, like, from a writing perspective, right? You feel like you'd worry that that'd be, like, a huge challenge you'd need to deal with. You're like, okay we bring up Vietnam, should I have to deal with this with a certain amount of respect, you know? Same thing with, like, the, uh, the the civil rights movement and stuff. You have to be like, okay, I have to deal with this with a certain amount of, like, you know, carefulness, and I have to be very earnest and respectful. And not that the movie isn't respectful, it just doesn't really go there. Like, it brings it up casually because that was something that, of course, happened. But at the same time, right, as a kid, that's not the details that they're going to care about. Um, so like a lot of the time they kind of go into to more detail on the things that are a little more small scale and a little more like intimate, which I appreciate it. That's different. Like, I, I don't need to be hearing the same stuff I've heard every time. I want to come here and learn something new. And that's kind of what I got from the movie. So I appreciated that, you know, it's different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, what did you think? So the very okay so it's kind of weird um the whole movie like i said is very very slow paced there's not a lot of story content that we could talk about specifically but uh i wanted to talk a little about i guess the kind of the the only story kind of gets near the end where like the, the the landing actually happens that whole day um they do kind of approach it um and the the ending I will kind of go into spoilers, but it's not really that big a deal. Because, like I said, this movie is so non-story heavy that a spoiler for this movie really isn't anything. But, like, the movie kind It's of... also, like... Go ahead. I said it's, it's also, like, history, so you right. can't really, like, spoil history. Exactly. You know you know what happens in 1969. But, like, um, <laughs> the thing the kind of starts to blur the line between his little fantasy and reality and it kind of becomes this little like back-to-back where it's like here's the real landing and here's his in his head david what did you think of this ending overall did you have any strong opinions about it um i not really um i wasn't really sure like how this movie was going to end um, I mean, naturally, I, I I thought it was, you know, a solid ending to end with, you know, the Apollo 11 mission, um, and, and how it kind of, like, flipped back and forth between, like, his head and, you know, the Apollo 11 mission happening, and, um, how it, how it kind of felt like a whole dreamlike experience, um, for him, uh, since I don't know, he kind of like implanted him like himself into you know being one with with an astronaut. Um, <clears throat> I I just think like at the end of the day, it encapsulates what it means, what like what it meant uh, to be a kid uh, during during this time period, and just how cool and how like futuristic. It, it seemed, um, I, I think it really just allowed for a kid's imagination to run rampant. Um, 
and and you just see all the you know like i don't know i don't know <laughs> um i don't know i guess just like overall i, I thought it was a, a pretty pretty solid pretty solid ending um yeah i mean since like the plot it's like plot is like so the plot is in this movie is so loose it, it's really it's really hard to say um what, what's what's going on um it's also like up to interpretation but also at the same time it's not because it's like it's history and like it happened and yeah i don't know kind of what do you think yeah i mean it's weird i bring this up because i feel like to me it didn't hit really all that hard but i respect what they were going for i remember distinctly this one line at the end when the when the dad thinks that the kid fell asleep through the moon landing and the, the mom's just like, well, it's all right. When he grows up, he'll just assume he was awake for it anyway. Like, the, basically the vibe I got, um, the, the, the general idea of that statement. But, like, I kind of like that line. And I, I, I get it as, like, a, you know, even if you weren't raised in the 60s, or even though, sorry, no, that's not what I meant. Even if you, during the 60s, don't remember the big events, you're going to act like they did because you lived through them, you know? So it's kind of like a little, that's a nice little send-off, I guess. But to me, like, I feel like this movie could have hit harder. I don't know. Like, I think it does stem a little more from the problem I have with the the whole Apollo ten and a half part. Anyway, like it does feel fake because it didn't happen. <laughs> like it does feel like it just kind of lingers. And while it's kind of cool, and it's it does give the movie a gimmick, I almost feel like it doesn't really add enough. And doesn't really make him distinct enough, right? Because every kid would have imagined himself as an astronaut at this time, you know? That was a big deal. But, like, I feel like this doesn't really make him a unique enough person. So, like, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, look, it's this non-existent event where a kid was trained to be an astronaut. Like, <laughs> there's really not much to it. In fact, there's a couple of scenes that really don't go anywhere. Like, there's this guy, right? Uh, this, this, he's the guy who speaks with a loudspeaker during the training. Who, like, they, they make a joke about him being, like, so serious that he'll do, like, random test training events during, uh, tra during like, events to, like, scare people. You know, like, that one, like, that scene in the middle when, uh, when he calls off, like, he, he causes a problem just to see how, uh, just to see how everybody working on the project would react when it was literally about the kid in space. Like, he was actually in space at the time. Like, I don't know, it's, it's weirdly unresolved. Do you remember that, David? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, it was a character that they technically introduced, but, like, it didn't go anywhere. Like, it was a very strange scene. And I'm like, okay, that's odd. And then basically everything with this with this whole subplot. Like, nothing really goes anywhere. So, like, it, it, it... I don't really know why it was included. Like, it was there for a gimmick, I guess. But, like, to me, that doesn't really scream necessity. And I think that's kind of a vibe I got with the entire movie. Like, I enjoy it fine. It was it was cute. And I liked seeing how fun the 60s were made to seem. And, like, I liked the approach. It was unique. But to me, like, the, the lack of anything happening and the lack of a true message, I guess, or at least a true conflict, really did detract it from me in terms of making it feel important. So, like, it did kind of drag, you know? Like, I don't, I don't expect, you know, there to be a villain and, like, an action scene, obviously. But to me, it doesn't scream, like, it doesn't really give a true reason for you to keep watching unless you're really a diehard 60s person. There are plenty of movies that, that depict the 60s with more intensity and more interesting perspectives. 
So it, it really is just kind of there. Like, it's a movie that exists and you can watch and you'll get the 60s feel, but it doesn't really do anything that truly justifies its existence aside from it being a little personal project for Linklater. That's at least what it, that's what it seems like to me. Um, Connor, would, do, you, do you think that you would want to live during this time period? Um, maybe. I don't know. The movie, if I, had to, I guess if I had to pick a movie that would sell the 60s for me in terms of living there, I guess this would be it. Like, I don't know. This is a very 60s commercial vibe to this movie, too. Like, there's that scene uh, when the shows, they're talking about TV shows, and they start, like, throwing all the TV shows on the screen, almost as if they're trying to sell them to you. They're like, here's all the shows you can watch, but buying this bundle. Go buy it now. Like, that's the vibe <laughs> I kind of got with that scene. Um, so, like, I guess if I had to pick it, sure. Like, it's not a bad time to live in. If I had to get my Midnight in Paris-style time travel, I guess I could travel here. I wouldn't mind it. Well, no, actually, no, I would mind it because you have to go. You turn on the TV and then Vietnam's on, and you know, civil rights movement is going crazy, and you know, people are dying. Maybe not this time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I had to, if I had to choose to be like a nine-year-old in any time period, I guess maybe I'd be in the sixties. I don't know. Little uh, Midnight in Paris for you, right there. Right. It all comes back to Midnight in Paris. It all comes back to our last episode. <laughs> exactly. Which you should watch or not watch, listen to if you haven't yeah. already. Exactly, exactly. It's probably a banger. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, do you have any last notes before we dive into some general questions? Um, I don't. I don't. I think. So, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> cool stuff. Cool stuff. So the first one we we alluded to it earlier. David on the link ladder tree on the the link ladder ladder, if you will. Um, w- would you consider this a high tier or a low tier linky link? Oh, probably a low tier, honestly. Uh, just because Boyhood and like the Before trilogy being like some of my favorite movies of all time, like I don't know, this one just doesn't really hit as hard. Um, it's good. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. Um, it's a it's a nice film for the family, but like it, it doesn't really hit as hard. Um, what about you? Same boat, same boat. Um, I, I, I'd consider it the lowest tier of all the ones I've seen. That being said, there's a level of link ladder quality that I don't I don't ignore. Like, no matter how harshly I could bash it, link ladder still kind of brings a very earnest and very uh, grounded perspective to his movies that is better than most average movies, you know? So I respect yeah. it. And it goes in the low tier. It's the, probably the worst link ladder I've seen, but, I mean, there, there are a lot I haven't seen yet, so... Con, con, con. I have a question that yeah. that you're definitely not expecting. Oh, I'm like, so excited! At, at all. I'm so excited. This is like so out of left field. What if instead of Richard Linklater who directed it, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage directed it? <laughs> Nicholas Cage directed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. There's Nicholas Cage has only directed one movie, and I've never watched it. I, I forget what it's called, <laughs> but he's directed one movie. So I don't know. I don't know uh, Nick Cage's style, but I feel like rather than it being about the '60s itself, I think he'd make it about Nicholas Cage movies. You know, being like, oh, here's what it was like growing up in the time of Nicholas Cage movies. You know, ooh, and like he'd be ooh, like, just... here is all the stuff that you know. This is me growing up and experiencing Face Off for the first time. You know, me experiencing Con Air and Moon uh, Moonstruck. Like, I bet it could be a truly involving experience or at the very least it'd be about Nicolas Cage's childhood but he'd still be played by Nicolas Cage so like even if he's supposed to be a yeah. kid he'd be played by adult Nicolas Cage 
<laughs> I feel like that would be his approach because I don't think he'd take it as as uh, as earnestly as uh, Ringling Gladder did. I think this would be the one time, one of the few times where I'd say, you know, and rather than saying yes, uh, Nick Cage would improve this movie, I would say he'd make it a very different movie, so I probably wouldn't recommend Nick Cage take it. Okay. Word, word, word. And do you think Nick Cage would improve this movie by directing? Um, I mean, of course. Of course, of course he <laughs> would. Um, it, it, is, it is Nick Cage. Um, I, I definitely think... Um, you, you, you have some merit with, uh, your point in which the direction of the movie would take place. Um, I, I think this movie would gain way more recognition. Um, it would be a summer blockbuster hit. You're right. It would be the highest grossing movie of all time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'd have a, like, it would, it's like, it would be Oscar for best Nicolas Cage film. <laughs> yeah, easily, easily, easily. Um, yeah, and there's like a theme park and stuff surrounding Absolutely. it, and like, Cage yeah, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a big deal. It'd be a big deal. Honestly, so bouncing off that again, um, so would you say this is? Oh, like okay, so let's let's talk about those last couple movies we watched. We're talking about you know Midnight in Paris, Twister, and Fatherhood. What? Let, let's let's rank those movies right now, David, from uh, worst to best. Top four, I guess. What would you say uh, was the worst, and then you know build up from there of all the four movies you've watched? Um. Okay, it's gonna go like purely out of like rewatchability. Um. Like out of the movies that I would want to rewatch, Which like is a, absolute, that's a valid reviewing stance. Yeah, absolutely nothing to do with like the quality of the film. Just like if I'd rewatch it or not. Um worst would probably be fatherhood um then after that probably apollo 10 and a half um then uh midnight in paris and then finally twister twister has the best Twist Twister is the most rewatchable. I, really, I really brainwashed you into that one. You like you gave it two stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> I know, but like I'm always like rating it the highest of all the movies. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it is a banger. I don't I don't blame you, but I I, I worry I did gaslight you into thinking that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, like, very, I'm in a very similar boat. Um, the only difference is I probably swap Apollo Ten and a Half and Midnight in Paris. I would say Fatherhood the worst, followed up by Midnight in Paris, followed up by Apollo Ten and a Half, followed by Twister. Being Twister being the best. Um, that being said, we need to watch a movie that's like actually good at this point because for me, literally every rating has been three stars except for Fatherhood, which I gave two and a half. Like we are <laughs> we are dwelling within the mid range here. We need to watch a good movie soon. Yeah. Um, Granted, the episode after this is going to be um, is going to be a bigger episode, like one of our longer episodes. So we'll have to we have to wait a couple weeks before we get our next movie. But like, it better be a good movie. Damn it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Kind of. I already kind of decided the movie uh, I wanted to watch next. Jesus. And I, I'm not sure if you're gonna, <laughs> not sure if you're gonna like it. Man's <laughs> gonna walk out here and be like, it's gonna be the the. the fruity pinocchio movie or something <laughs> that, that, that's not what it is i don't think but we'll see no it's not it's not it's not but you're, you're certainly not going to be happy with it. oh dear all right <laughs> well before we head out i got one last question of course um david 
to, to the fans of this movie or to the dis fans of this movie, what movie would you recommend in its place? What would you prefer people to watch instead of this? Or if they like this, what would you recommend them to watch as well? Um, instead of Apollo 10 and a half, um, I mean, I've never seen Interstellar, <laughs> but like, I feel like Interstellar would, would be a good movie. I, um, I don't. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but these movies are not similar at all. <laughs> Besides, I mean, how would thing. I know? How would I know? You I, should I've watch Interstellar. I, mean, I guess you're right. Interstellar is a great movie, so you should watch it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm like. I guess if you like space, like, if you like space, I guess that's a decent one. Yeah, if, if you if you're a space kind of guy, um, I recommend this movie. Kind of what's that? What's that one movie um, that takes place in space? But I, I think that has, like, Tom Cruise. Um, uh, I think you have Edge of Tomorrow. <sighs> no. Wait, maybe. The, um, the one with, like, the mech suits. Kind of like, oh, not really mech suits. They're kind of just, like, metal arm suits, you know, with Emily Blunt, and they have big swords, and they fight aliens. It's not really in space, no, but sort of. It's like, is it Ad Astra, I'm thinking of? Ad Astra's Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ad Astra's yeah. really good. Um, I think about Ad Astra. I, don't, I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just looking at, you're just thinking of space movies at this point? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, Ad Astra's good too. Again, not like this movie, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, check out Interstellar Ad Astra who have, that have nothing to do with this movie. Just, like, there's... What if you watch both those movies and hate both those movies? And you're like, okay, just <laughs> watch Apollo 10 and a half instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. All right, all right. Uh, uh, what about you? Yeah, let's spit out some. Uh, obviously, space movies. Uh, First Man is pretty good. I mean, that one's about Neil Armstrong. So, And it's directed by Damien Giselle, who did La La Land. So, obviously, I'll recommend it. And the score slaps. Um, if you want something more 60s, obviously, watch Across the Universe, because that movie is amazing and is the perfect 60s movie. Um, and A Hard Day's Night, which is basically just a Beatles movie is more representative of the 60s than a lot of things are. So, I mean, you watch that, too. Um, and obviously, any Vietnam classic is a good one to watch if you want a 60s encapsulation. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there in terms of 60s content. Um, so I'd probably recommend those, though. The biggest being Across the Universe, though. If you really like the 60s stuff, watch Across the Universe, and you will your mind will, will explode. Great movie. Um, yeah, I, I kind of know. I kind of shows I haven't watched a lot of like space movies. Jeez, you call <laughs> You've yeah. seen Space Chimps though. Why didn't you suggest that? <laughs> oh, I forgot I watched it. Yeah, so watch Space Chimps. I guess yeah, it oh has God. like a weird like alien, like blue aliens. <laughs> I guess there's more you can say than about this because there's no alien. This. <laughs> yeah. So, and I guess, okay, also to be fair, the movie does kind of give you a bunch of movie recommendations within the movie. So, like, if you really like this movie, watch the movie as the movie suggests you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, yeah, it's funny. I actually added one to my watch list from this movie. Like, they mentioned this movie. Really? They mentioned this movie with, like, astronauts that, like, at the very end, there's, like, a, a Amer- they, they find the Russians died on the moon. You, you remember that from the movie? Yeah. It's a movie called Countdown, directed by Robert Altman, who's actually done movies I've seen. So, like, I was like, oh, cool, and I added it. Granted, it's not very highly rated, but I added it to my watch list because of this. So, I guess watch Countdown. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, and I've heard it's not very good, but... 
<laughs> they mentioned it in the movie, so I, I have to watch it. Uh, anyways, um, that's about all I've got to say on that. Anything else you want to add, Dave? I don't know, Connor. All right, thank you all for listening yet again. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming back and listen. Check us out on Instagram, what's that smell underscore you thinking again to make sure that you don't miss any updates or we talk about if you'll miss an episode. You're not going to see any new content. I haven't posted in like, I don't know, it's been months. you interact with the community, you know? Maybe we could we could get like a really bustling fan base if you just interact with them. <clears throat> Maybe, I don't know. Our five Maybe. fans don't think you love them. <laughs> right. Anyways, thank you for listening yet again. I've been Connor. This has been David. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle David. What's that smell you thinking again?